If you have your Bible, would you please stand with me? Um, John chapter 18, verses 12 to 27. The, the text will be longer than the sermon. Amen. If you were to stand, would you please stand? All right, it's going to be projected, so we're going to be, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. From the New Living Translation. Um, verses 12 through 27. Hear now the word of God. So the soldiers, the commanding officer, and the temple guard arrested Jesus and tied him up. First, they took him to Annas, since he was father-in-law, the father-in-law of Cephas, the high priest at that time. Cephas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did, as did another uh, the disciple. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had stayed outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I'm not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guard had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about, the follow, about his followers and, he had, um, and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and in the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? And those who heard me, they know what I said. The one, then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest, he demanded? Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus, sent him to Cephas, the high priest. Meanwhile, as Simon uh, um, Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him, you're not one of, the one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I'm not. But, the, but one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose was ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. The word of God. For the people of God. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Father, there's no preaching without praying. There's no preaching without the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me, mold me and shape me so that the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, will be acceptable unto your sight. Oh Lord, my rock, my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach from this title, and I want you guys to say it with me. Um, the trial within the trial. Say it with me. 
the trial within the trial. I was reading not too long ago, I saw that in England, um, they asked their judge, in England and Wales, they asked their judges to take about four days a year to go back to the judicial college to where that they, the judges will be on trial so that they can be more sensitive to the people that they judge. They ask the judges all around the country to come back and to be on trial to feel what the people that they are judging feel, to understand what the people that they are judging are going through. One of the reasons why they, why they did this was because that the judges were becoming meaner and meaner. Their etiquette were not proper. I said this now, let me say my political thing right here in the sermon. I wish some of our judges would go into this kind of training. I wish some of our people in our political system will go to that kind of training because I think we need it in our country. But, 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 they, but, but the reason why they did this is because they don't want the judge to grow to become so insensitive to where that they don't know what the people are going through. Now, I know you said, Pastor Perry, I know you're always going to tell me what that, what, what that story has to do with the sermon. I'm glad you asked. See, in our text, as we begin this series, Truth on Trial, Jesus, being the ultimate judge, is going on trial. And see, Jesus is going on trial, not because Jesus wants to go to trial, but Jesus is going on trial so that you and I don't have to go to trial. Whew, I wish I had a witness. Y'all miss your Baptist moment right there. Let me say this again. Let me pause, rewind. Jesus is going on trial so that you and I won't have to go on trial. Do you believe that there's going to be a day that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, but for them to bow and confess, they must go to a trial? And some people will go to get their reward. And some people will go to get their judgment. And people will go on trial. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how muscular you are. I don't care how good dressing you are. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, a trial is coming. And this trial, you, ain't got, you, you don't want none of it. I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want none of it. This is like MC Hammer. You can't touch this. You don't want to touch this trial. This trial that's coming because... If you're going to go through that trial, you know, you're going to know what the verdict is. But see, for you to escape this trial, you must understand and accept the fact that Jesus himself, the truth, went on trial. And he went on trial for you and I. He went on trial for the worst of us. He went on trial for the worst of humanity. But, but, but see, the worst of us, the, if you think about the worst thing that you've done, the worst thing you've said, Jesus went on trial so that you won't have a record. But I guarantee you, if you don't accept that trial that he went to, you will face a trial that you want none to do with it. See, in the text that we have, it's preceding. What preceded, we see Jesus' priestly prayer in chapter 17. Jesus went and, and, and he, he prayed. 
And he prayed to the Father. He prayed that we must be one. And, and, and after that, we, we saw that Jesus prayed for the believers to come together. Then, then right then and there, we saw that after Jesus did that prayer, and, and, and then we see that now Jesus is about to get, be arrested. And Jesus knew this was coming. Jesus knew that was coming. So, so the, one of the first things that I want you to see in our text is that there's an irony here. And, 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 and oh, I have the PowerPoint today. The, the irony is that Jesus is arrested. And, and you understand, you, you, you understand how they arrest people, right? When, when you are arrested, they don't put you, if you see somebody in the back of a police car, they have no handcuffs, they have not been arrested. But when they arrested you, what they do, they tie you up. They get the handcuffs, boop, boop. And you know what they said? You have the right to remain silent. Everything you said can and will be used against you in the court of law. That's called the Miranda rights. I will come back to that in a moment, before the end of the sermon. The Miranda rights that they read to you is there because whatever you said... You don't have to say anything, but whatever you said can and will be used against you. But it's ironic, it's ironic that Jesus must be arrested. Watch this, watch this. Take this, tweet it, whatever you do with it. Jesus must be arrested. Jesus must be handcuffed and for you and I to be set free. Ooh, you missed it. Can you all hear me? Jesus must be arrested in order for us to be free. Had Jesus not been arrested, you and I cannot be free. Um, uh, the irony here is that there is a political plot that's done with the religious leader to get Jesus. Watch verse 12. Then the detachment of the troops, the captain and the, and, and the, captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Jesus being the one who had come in the world to bring freedom and apart from him there's no freedom was himself tied up, arrested. He was arrested so that we can be free. Um, I was watching a TV show a while ago, and there was a, a kid who had some mental health issues, and the kid was committing crime. And come to a point where the kid committed a crime, and the cops, uh, the, the, it was one of the, uh, um, uh, that show, my wife and I used to watch it, uh, um, Criminal, Criminal Minds. And, and, and don't watch that show, you mess your mind at night. Um, so we were watching Criminal Minds, and the kid committed a crime. The kid had mental health issues, and the kid was committing crime, and there's one crime he committed. And then finally, they were coming in on them. You, you know, when the Criminal Minds, they, they, they have the, the behavioralist and all that stuff. They're coming. They, they, they're zooming in. They're zeroing in on, 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 on the kid. And the mom lied so that she could be arrested instead of the kid because she loved the kid and she knew the kid could not help himself, but she was lying to protect the kid. Now, that's what human, that's what human beings do. They lie to do protection. But can I tell you something? Our Lord and Savior, he knowingly did not have to lie. He knowingly and willingly accept to be tied up so that I, ooh, ah, 
so that you and I can be free. So, verse 13 of the text. Now we introduce to a man named Annas. Annas, right here, we see the irony here. There is a role reversal. There's a role reversal. Jesus is called the great high priest. And Annas is the high priest. You missed it. Um, even if you don't know theology, hear me well. If somebody's called the great high and you call the high, that means the great makes the great greater. Y'all missed my, listen, listen, English is my third language, so bear with me. Um, the great high priest is going before the high priest. You missed it. The great, great makes the great high priest greater than the high priest. So Jesus being the great high priest, and this is, this is the humility of Jesus. Jesus is willing for you and I to be discarded, to take the letters before and after his name as nothing, so that, be humiliated, so that you and I can be free. The trial within the trial. Pay attention and walk with me. Jesus now go before Annas. And, and it says this in verse 13, and, and, and they led him to Annas first. For he was the father-in-law of Cephas, who was the high priest of the time. Now watch this. Um, Cephas was the high priest for about seven years, from 7 AD to 14 AD. And Cephas was fired by the woman's empire. See, see, what happens is when the women take over and they said, oh, we want so-and-so to be the high priest, not you. But to the Jews, since a high priest was a, a, a position for life, a lifetime position, appointment, so they never really recognized Annas, uh, Cephas. They recognized Annas. But see, Cephas being appointed by the Romans, he's the one who has the power to execute the judgment. Can I teach the Bible real quick? Are you all with me? So, so it's almost like you have a real president, but, but see, if the country comes become occupied, and then they remove that president, and that, that, you know, but they put somebody, the people recognize the real president. But the person who has the authority to make the law is the president appointed by the occupiers. So Cephas, that's exactly who he is. So, so then, so, so the, in the Jewish mindset, in the Jewish law, they recognize Annas as the high priest. So they took Jesus to him first. They took him to him first. But, but, but see, Annas can only do but so much. He doesn't have the power. So now, there's an insight here I need you to see. And this is what I call an inside job. There, Annas sent Jesus to Cephas. And Cephas already made up his mind, but it was a prophetic word that Cephas made up his mind about Jesus. 
Are y'all with me? Uh, because I get excited about this kind of stuff, but, but y'all, y'all got to sit this with me because we're going to land the plane. So Cephas already said that, and the text tells us this, now Cephas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was um, expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. See, the problem is they believe that Jesus is about to create a revolution. They think Jesus is building a political, cultural revolution. But I'm coming, I'm coming in a minute. But Jesus is building a revolution that's deeper than political and cultural. That's why I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care if you're Democrat. The only real revolution this country needs is to go back to the God that we said we trust in. Watch this, this prophetic word that Cephas had said and, they, and John make reference to in the text. In John 11, verse 50 to 52, this is what it says. This is Cephas speaking, right? It says this, You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people that the whole nation perish. And watch what the text says. He did not say this on his own, but as the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the whole world, for the scattered children. Ooh, this is good. This is good right here. See, you, you may not know this. Without Jesus dying and resurrected, you and I have no faith. Without his death, burial, and resurrection, you and I have no faith. We will be no different than the Muslim. We'll be a dead faith. We'll be no different than, 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 than the, 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 the Hindus. We'll be a dead faith. We'll be no different than any faith that's void of Jesus Christ. So then there, Cephas give his opinion. You, you know how um, co- um, Justice, uh, um, Supreme Court Justice nominee, K- Katanji Brown Jackson, that's the name, right? Katanji Brown Jackson, I don't watch CNN. I, I, you know, I'm, I just read it. Katanji Brown Jackson, you know how they take every opinion that she gave over her career and they are dissecting every part of it? This here is an opinion that Cephas rendered. And now, but this opinion was not just his opinion, but it was a prophetic word because Jesus had an appointment to get to the cross. So, so, so this here contains John's peculiar explanation. And such is, comes parenthetically, right? It is as though he said, let us not forget that this was the very Cephas after Jesus raised Lazarus, who had publicly said it will be better to kill the head of the movement than kill the whole people. Ooh, can I, can I say this right here, right here, right now? Isn't that why you see we have a culture that makes it possible to exclude Jesus into everything? Because we know once you exclude Jesus into everything, and no power in it. And, and you fall for the hooky duck. You be uh, I don't say Jesus anymore. It's God because God is general. Well, I'm a Christocentric kind of Christian. Because what 
safest prophesied is what the culture still demands today. Take Jesus out. Take Jesus out. Because if you take Jesus out, the movement dies. If you take Jesus out, the people will be all right. They will gravitate towards anything else. That's why y'all, you know, you'd be like, well, I only do Jesus on Sunday. You know, Sunday, I look forward to Sunday to do Jesus on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, I'm going to do me. Amen. We ourselves now, we take Jesus out just like Cephas prophesied that they wanted to take Jesus out. But, but, but see, but see, Cephas only said it would be better for Jesus to die, but not realize that, that God was going to raise Jesus. So let us note how great wicked men of this world that God have used them, the likes of uh, Napoleon's, Bloody Mary, Nero's, and so on and so forth, Stalin, and so on and so forth. God used them as he saw fit to bring about his glory. When you see some people who are so anti-Jesus, anti-Jesus people, don't worry. God is just using them because there's nothing they can do to you if God has not allowed it to happen to you so that his name can be glorified. Two people hear what I said. Nothing they can do to you who truly honor and live for Christ, nothing they can do to you without God's permission. And if it's happening to you, it's only because God wants to reveal his glory through you. So that's what I'm saying. If you are putting Jesus in the back burner, then you are losing the power to overcome this world. Jesus is not a Jesus and somebody else. It's Jesus all by himself. And so, so, so John wants us to know before this and the way this trial is, it's a setup because Cephas already made up his mind. Even though this is what God wants to happen, but Cephas already said, we're going to kill that joker. Because if we kill him, people will die. That's why in this pulpit, as long as God gave us breath, Jesus will be proclaimed. That's why in this church, as long as Pastor Clevo is here, as long as Pastor Lawaz is here, as long as Pastor Mito is here, as long as I'm here, Dave is here, Fred is here, Clevens is here, Jesus will be proclaimed. See, if you're rolling with Jesus, you're in the wrong place. Because here, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We in a gang, y'all. It's the Jesus gang. We sold out. We ain't ashamed about it. We bold about it. We proud about it. We claim his love. It's all about Jesus, y'all. But, but, but see, you see the irony in the sense of how the setup took place. But, 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 but see, watch not only the irony, but, but see, the trial within the trial, then there's something about Peter. I love Peter. Uh, um, I take my, when, when, I, when I took my, my spiritual gift, the first person that I am is Peter. My character is like Peter. I put my foot in my mouth, but, I, but I'm not ashamed to say what I believe. 
Well, you know, whether it's a good part or the worst part. I, you know, Peter is sink or swim. And, and Peter, there's no, Peter, is, Peter is not the lukewarm kind of Christian. And, but, but yet, you see there the inconsistency of Peter. Watch what happened here, right? Verse 15 through 18 and 27 through 28. Peter and John, and, and, and I love how John, John, John is into himself. I love how John goes about it. John said, the other disciple. You know, John is like a true Haitian, modest Haitian. You know, you know Haitian, they said, no, we. You, you know, for, for, if, you, if you're not Haitian, you're Haitian translate for you. Haitian used the royal we. Like, the person doing prayer by himself, by themselves. Haitian rarely said I. Because they don't want to seem to be so pronounced. See, see John was a Haitian. John, John said... The other disciple and Peter. So, so John is being modest. And, and, and if you read the book of Peter, uh, the book of the Gospel of John, John doesn't refer to himself. He says, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, Jesus' favorite. You, you, you know, that, that, that's how John speaks. And John here, in verse uh, um, 15, John introduced the first part of the verse. And he said, Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. There you see the, the, the contrast between the two disciples. Now, John said this. Um, the high priest knew who I was. So John was able to get in, to get to the court so he can see the trial. But Peter, and don't people a lot of times beat up on Peter, but they don't miss it. Peter... Though Peter isn't consistent, but Peter is following Jesus. He's following Jesus. He's inconsistent. I don't know how many Peters I got here. I know from the pulpit on down, there's a lot of Peters here. We follow him, but we're inconsistent. And, but, 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 but the prayer is this, that you will become consistent. And so Peter is going. Peter is following. Peter cannot get in. And John said, hey, hey, hey. He's with me. Let him in. Let him in. It's, it's in the text. Keep your Bible open. John, John said, he's with me. So they let Peter in. The girl, the dog girl, the, the bouncer, she was a woman. The bouncer. <laughs> Y'all know what language I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The bouncer. <laughs> you know, the bouncer of the nightclub. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're no longer clubbing. We just come to Jesus. And here's the thing. Can I say something here real quick? See, at the club, there's a bouncer that's letting people in or out. For Jesus, for, 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 for the gates of heaven, there's only one Jesus that's letting people in. You, you know, we used to club. You know, I, I, I know. I went. To, I said this to you before. I used to go to Baal. <laughs> but praise be to God. Praise be to God. This, 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 this club, this, 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 this club that we are in, you don't need to pay at the door because Jesus already paid the price. Woo! You don't need to get bounced in and out because once you're with Jesus, you end with him forever. Ooh. I got to watch, I got to watch the time. So, Peter got in and the dog girl said, wait a minute, ain't you one of his disciples? Peter said, no, I'm not. That's the first of three denials. 
that Jesus already prophesied that was going to happen. So Peter is inconsistent. And, and, and so, 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 so now, w w watch this. The slave girl, or, or the bouncer, the woman at the door, she said, you, you're one of them. Peter said, no, I'm not. And verse 25 to 27, you're going to see again. And Peter's like in denial. They said, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You look, now Peter's in. Peter's in. Remember now, it's, it's, it, Peter's in the room getting warm, right? So they said, you're one of his. Peter said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Peter is inconsistent. Just like you and I. We are inconsistent. And, and watch what happened in verse 27. A relative of the person that Peter cut their ear off said, you look familiar. Have you ever gone to Walmart and somebody said, you look familiar? Did you go, did, you, used to go to, you, you used to go to redemption? No, 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 not me, because now I'm, I'm a big dog, you know. But the person, no, they used to give you that Ziggy and Sospois. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. That good leg, you used to get it from them. In the, park, in the picnic parking lot. But then you're like, no, nah, I don't know you. I don't know you. I'm a, you know. Like people say, some people I know, they see me. They're like. But, but see, Peter, the third time, Peter said, and literally, Peter cussed right here. Peter said, no, I don't know. I don't know him. You know, use your, use your sanctified imagination. <laughs> and think of what he can say, what he have, may have said there. But, but see, Jesus already said to Peter that was going to happen. And then at that moment, Peter stopped weeping. Because Peter realized that he denied his Savior. Now, I don't know if they were going to kill Peter for being with Jesus because John was there and they didn't do nothing to John. But Peter got to see what's happening and Peter said, no, I don't want to identify with that man. And could it be that Peter wanted Jesus to be something other than what Jesus came to do? I don't know. Could it be that Peter just was inconsistent? Possibly. But here is what I know. Before you bury Peter, just know that Peter got restored in chapter 21. Before you bury Peter, just know that the same Peter who was inconsistent became consistent. You know how Peter became consistent? When the resurrected Jesus came back and spoke with him. I preached that so many already. But, but, but see, Peter is part of the trial. Because the trial within the trial, we see Peter's trial is our faith being on trial. We see Peter's trial as our walk being on trial. We see Peter's trial as our inconsistency with our Bible reading, with our prayer, with our coming to church, with our joining groups, with, with our coming to the various activities for you to spiritual growth, with accountability. That's what we see because we're inconsistent. When we sin, when, when the sin is good, 
We don't want nobody to know. We, we want to be apart from that. When the consequence of the sin is unbearable, that's when we come back to Jesus. But see, you don't have to do that. We, we see the irony and Jesus being arrested. We see the inconsistency of Peter. But, but, but lastly, we see the improper interrogation of Jesus. We see how Jesus was improperly interrogated. Watch this. Um, Annas, in verse 19, has two key areas that he wanted to ask Jesus. Verse 19, let me read it for you. The high priest then asks Jesus about his disciples and doctrine. Um, if you are a disciple of Jesus, that means you follow his teaching. Doctrine simply means teaching. To, to be a disciple means to follow. Are you all with me? How many of you would say that you are a follower of Jesus? I'm pretty sure if I were to ask raise your hand, everybody would raise their hands. But you can't be a follower of Jesus without knowing his teaching. You can't work for a company without knowing what the company stands for. You cannot work for a company without knowing what their philosophy is. You, 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 see, how, you see how they are asking the, the current Supreme Court nominee to give her judicial philosophy? And she has to stand and, and defend it over and over and over and over again. I don't care if you like her or don't like her, but simply watch this. She has a philosophy, and she has to stand by it. And so therefore, she is a justice, she's a judge, and she has a philosophy based on the law. And so if you are a Christian, you are a part of Christ, and for you to be a Christian who is part of Christ, you must know his teachings so then you can obey and follow it. Because they think that his disciples, Jesus' disciples, were looking for political revolutions. But Jesus was teaching, was Jesus' teaching was against um, religious, re religious people that are teaching the wrong thing. Um, I don't take cheap shot at preachers on pulpit, but I guarantee you this, um, if somebody's saying something that's not what the Bible says, I will speak against it. I will speak against it in the measure the Bible allow me to speak against it. Simply this, I don't care how evolved culture is, society is, if it ain't the word of God, I gotta go. Love whoever you want, that in the word of God, gotta go. We are called to love everybody. But a man cannot love a man to be their husband or wife. That's not part of Jesus' um, doctrine. A woman cannot say, I wanna be with this. Nope, it ain't, no, with the other woman. Nope, it's not that. You can't be married and want somebody else on the side. It's not the Bible. Nope. You can't be a man say, I want to have two, two women, two, two, three wives. That's not it. You can't be a woman says, I want to I wanna be the dog. I want to I wanna sleep with whomever I want. That's not it. 
That's not in the Bible. It's not Christianity. So, so, Jesus said to them, I ain't got nothing to hide. My teaching is public record. Verse 20 to 21, Jesus says, my teaching is public record. Because he says this, you can examine my public teaching. This is what Jesus said. He says this, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temples where all the Jews come together. I spoke nothing in secret. Jesus says, I ain't got nothing to hide. What I've said is right there. That my transcript, my manuscript, my preaching, here it is. One thing I told Mete we're going to work on is this, you know, every week the outline of what's preached is going to be on, on, on the website for you to download it. We're going to put it on the website every week. The outlook is going to be up there for you to see what we see. So, therefore, you can check to see if what we are saying, what we are teaching and preaching to you, if it's, if it's against the word of God. Jesus says, everything that I've said is no secret. And then so when you think, if you think that Jesus was building a January 6th type of audience, Jesus says, nah, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I'm not building no insurrection audience. It says this, why do you ask me, verse 21, why do you ask me question of those who have heard what I've spoken to them? Behold, these know what I said. There's no hidden message. There's no QAnon. There's none of that that stuff. What Jesus said is the truth. And the Bible says the truth shall set you free. The truth is on trial. The trial within the trial. Now, watch this. Because of how Jesus responded, he got slapped. Do you know why Jesus got slapped? For you and me. Do you know why he died? For you and for me. So, so, so now, woo, let me say this to you so I can take my seat. So, when we choose to sin deliberately, we are slapping Jesus just like that soldier slapped him. When we choose to cuss, we are slapping Jesus. For those of us who are Christian, we are slapping him just like that soldier slapped him. When we choose to get drunk, we are slapping Jesus just like so just slap him. When we choose to steal, we are slapping Jesus just like, let's just slap Jesus. When we choose to fornicate, we are slapping Jesus just like, let's just slap Jesus. When we choose to get high on drugs, we are slapping Jesus just like, let's just slap, slap Jesus. When we choose to be unkind, we are slapping Jesus just like. When we choose to be loveless, we are slapping Jesus just like. How are you slapping Jesus still today? Jesus got slapped. But watch how he responded. Verse 22, Jesus got slapped. Verse 
And he got slapped, watch this, because of how he spoke to the high priest. He is the great high priest. But he got humiliated. But watch how Jesus answered. And this ought to be something for you and I. Jesus said, if I said, if I have spoken wrongly, bear witness of the wrong, but if rightly, why do you strike me? Why do you beat me up when what I said is the truth? Why do I get beat up? Well, you, you, you know, it's Jesus. I can't, I can't hear Jesus saying this. Why do I get canceled when I speak the truth? Why do I get canceled when I love on the, on, on the list of this? Why do I get canceled when I said that the kingdom of God is open to all who receive Jesus? Why do I get canceled when I said that sinners must repent? Why do I get canceled when I said that you got to love people no matter where they are? Why do I get canceled when I be kind to people? That's what I'm hearing Jesus saying right there. Why do I get canceled? For extend my hand to the list of these. Why do I get canceled for healing those who are sick? Why do I get canceled for visiting those who are in the hospital? Why do I, why do I get canceled for contributing to something greater than me? Why do I get canceled? That's why they say right there. People don't slap you, but people cancel you. We see Jesus responded, not an eye for an eye, but he responded in humility. What we just went over right there, it's two trials and one. Dave will continue with the other trials. But, but, but I want you to, to see this while Jesus is on trial. A trial that was set up. And even though his Miranda rights was read to him, he spoke only what the Father ordered him to speak. See, see, you and I, when we speak, what ought to come out of our mouths ought to be the love, the grace, the peace, the kindness of God. Not meanness, not filthiness. Not arrogance, not pridefulness, but rather humility, kindness. When we speak, can, 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 remember for some of you, like, like when, 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 when someone tried to exhort you, knowing that you was, what you do is still wrong, but instead of you just the exhortation and love, but, but you now standing back and ready to fight, ready to cuss, ready not to hear from anything. Sometimes somebody comes and says something to you before you point fingers, just hush up and take in what they say to you. If there's any truth to it, take the truth. Chew the meat, spit out the bones. See, we are to easily triggered to fight back. Sometimes, just said the truth have spoken. 
and let that be. Just got beat up. But he said, I'm only speaking the truth. I'm only speaking the truth. So, so, and your response, be humble. And your response, be kind. Be kind to that old Haitian woman who's still nagging you about certain things. But guess what? She's on her knees for you all the time. Be kind to that old Haitian men, women that say they love you all the time because Haitian men don't do that. We're working on it. We're working on it. But they pay for the roof that's over your head. Be kind to them. And your response, they may say, oh, kill up Maggie, kill up Maggie, kill up Maggie. Oh. And so he say, okay, Papa, pray for me. Tell me, Papa, you're going to say, no? Okay, Daddy. Next time, you and I go shopping together. I know, 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 I know. But, but, but see, but see, what happened is this. How you respond, you can control. What somebody has said to you, you cannot control. Let me, let me say this again. My response is under my control. What somebody has said to me, I cannot control. As a church, as a community, as we think about Jesus being on trial, and Jesus showed us that he's doing all this for us. Jesus could easily say one word, one look, they all die. But he humbled himself. You, you know, when, you, when they read you, your Miranda rights, they said, you, 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 you may remain silent. Everything you said can be used against you. Anything you say can and will be used against you. But, but see, I, I believe that as Christians, we have what we call our Christian Miranda rights. What we say, what we do, should and ought to be used against us. And what we say, they ought to see that we are a follower of Christ. And what we say, they ought to see that we communicate the love of Christ. And what we do, they ought to see that Jesus, the Spirit of God, lives within us. Because the thing is this. Somebody said this before. If you were to be on trial for being a Christian, will there be enough evidence? Will there be enough evidence to convince you? Will there be enough evidence to prove you guilty? Will there be evidence on your speech? Will there be evidence in your conduct? Will there be evidence in your attitude? Will they find evidence in the music you listen to? Will they find evidence in the shows you watch? Will they find evidence in the company that you keep? Would they find enough evidence to prove that you are a Christian? Do you know that they find enough evidence to convince Jesus that he was who he said he was? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. They find enough evidence to convince that he said that I was, I am the son of God. Will they find enough evidence when your life is on trial? To the irony to the inconsistency, to the interrogation, will there be enough evidence in your trial 
to show that you are a follower of Christ Jesus. May God bless you.